Welcome back to ASD, A New Perspective, the podcast show where we help you understand what is going on in the mind of your child. And we do encourage you that growth for your child is possible. I'm Kat Lee, and in this podcast, Dr. Gutstein continues his conversation with us about adapting and reminds us that it is so important for both parents and professionals to know of the value of adapting for our children. Let's listen in. Somewhat of what, how we determine whether somebody's dynamic or static is perceptual, is how we see it, how we think about it. Give you another example. Example is global warming, or or, or global weirding, as some people say, (laughs) which is the sort of extreme events in, in, in the environment that are going on, which is an interesting concept, global weirding. I like that better than warning because it has to do more with the dynamic of predictable system than some kind of linear, you know, system that once we start messing with it, it just becomes more volatile, not necessarily going in one direction, right? So global weirding, let's talk about that. There's a country called Vanuatu in the South Pacific, and it's an island country, but not a very big country, but it's sinking. It's about to go underwater. In other words, if you live in this country, you, you face the prospect that next week you could wake up and not have a country anymore. It could be gone. So you're going to see global weirding or warming as a very dynamic event. <laughs> you're going to wake up every day. Should I get my raft? Should I go on a boat? Should I emigrate? Should I do something right? right? Now, for most of us, if we're not radical environmentalists or on top of things, I'm called radical bad way, but um, if we're not primary environments, we think of it as static and complex. And the reason I tell you we think of it as static is we walk away from it. We say we don't have to think about it today. Um, we can think about it when we want to. We can donate money when we want to, walk away, even go to a demonstration, not to, but you don't think of it as dynamic. It's not a dynamic event in your life. You don't perceive it that way. So you don't treat it that way, whether it is or not. It's a whole different issue. I don't want to get into what, you know, um, if the tree falls in the forest and nobody hears it, blah, 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 that type of thinking. But the point is, a lot of things in life you're not going to think of. Depends on how you perceive how you deal with it. Complicated, complex, dynamic, static. Even simple versus complex. If, if you're an accomplished ballroom dancer and I put you on the floor to dance, it's simple because you don't have to think about it. Your feet just moves, you're just doing it, you can have a wonderful conversation with somebody else, and you're doing wonderful moves on the dance floor. Put me on the dance floor, it's it's complex and dynamic. <laughs> complex, not simple dynamic. It's complex because I don't know what the heck, I have to think about every move I make. It probably screws it up, but the point is, I'm a novice at it, so it's still com- complex and dynamic. Whereas if you're an expert, it's simple. Somebody's a new driver uh, versus you, you've an experienced driver, is a good example. You know, you found yourself, if you're an experienced driver, having driven someone from one place to another sometimes without even knowing you've done it. You said, oh my God, I just went from here to there. And that's an example of your simple dynamic, right? Brain took over, right? Your higher level, top down, complex dynamic brain was on doing something else <laughs> for a period of time, right? And the simple took over which is scary on driving on a road because you really don't want to do that. But it shows you that you can. 
a novice can never do that. Somebody just started the drive is always going to, it's always going to be a complex dynamic event, right? Not a complicated event, but a complex event. Because you can't predict what's going to happen around you at any one moment, especially in a city. It may not be so complex if you're just on an empty country road. When I grew up, I learned to go up to New York City to drive and driving in Houston. So it's pretty much always a complex dynamic event. Although I must say, driving, my, my kids have moved out to West Texas, my daughter and my grandkids. So when we go out there, which is 600 miles, most of which is just straight I-10, it starts to become a simple dynamic event. And it gets scary because you can get off, you know, the road <laughs> to die because your higher level stuff is, is gone, you know, because of what we call highway hypnosis. And you just forget about the fact that you have to think at times. But anyway, that's a whole different issue. Okay. So, so now we have simple and so simple, right? And so simple being uh, simple non-dynamic, if you will. Simple dynamic, right? Simple non-dynamic is... Um, don't brush, don't eat before you go to the dentist, right? associations. Simple dynamic is a, you know, a driver, an experienced driver is not having to use prefrontal cortex, not use the executive system to think and make decisions. Those decisions are being, they feel like they're more automatic, those judgments and decisions, right? Or in a conversation, sometimes it's simple. And then we have complicated, which allows you to use reasoning, conditional thinking, sequential thinking, symbolic, analogical thinking, right? Um, but it's objective. Things say the same. You belong, you know, you apply, if you can apply the right method or strategy, you get to where you need to go. Um, and then we have complex, so complex decisions. Which, you know, if you get accepted to five really good colleges, which one do you choose? Um, and you can't do that quantitatively, you can't do it analytically, right? Uh, but it's important. And so it becomes complex. And I just gave you another example of complex. Um, complicated can have a series of steps, a lot of steps. So I'll give you another example of complicated. You're trying to get from one end of a junkyard to another, big junkyard for all kinds of weird stuff. And you go in there and at each point somebody's blocking the way or you encounter something that, you know, you have to step over or around or whatever. And so you have a series of decisions you have to make based on the conditions. So you do that and eventually you get the other side. It's complicated. It's a series of steps. It's a series. You may not know how to do it. You can ask about. You can ask somebody else, and they'll tell you the series of steps. In other words, you don't have to know the series of conditions and steps, but you can learn them and then employ them, right? So even though it looks complex, see the junk doesn't change <laughs> what it is, right? The junk is there, right? And you can figure out your moves based on each condition that you. Right? There's no in-between, um, as opposed to trying to navigate through, as I said, a, a rushing river, which is very, very different. Anyway, so when we talk about adapting, let's go back to the word adapting. So what are we adapting for? See? So when you move out of an, a formal educational environment, especially when you have compensations, you've been able to operate, if you're someone who's smart, 
in a traditional sense with complicated types of thinking, which is what we measure on IQ tests or achievement tests. There are no, you don't get complex problems and you don't get, certainly don't get complex dynamic problems or tests and any of those, you can't do it on a standardized test by the nature of being standardized. Those situations, you're able to get a master's degree, you're able to do very well. The type of adaptation you learn is you can learn when to use one of your other moves that you have, or even somebody can teach you to learn a new move. You can add, it's additive, it's cumulative, right? You can add a whole bunch of moves, a whole bunch of conditions. It can be very complicated in the sense of, and a lot of people start using the word complex, and you have to be careful in the sense of a big flow chart, a big flow chart with lots of different steps and stages, which you can approach each step one by one, right? Eventually get to the bottom. Okay. Now you get into the, what we call the real world, and suddenly you start to realize that things are not that way. That all the great complicated ways of thinking that you learn and can do aren't working. What do you do? When you get depressed, you get anxious, you try to avoid, if you have autism, I'm saying. Now, if you don't have autism, it's not like it's a piece of cake. Complex dynamic things are not easy for anyone. And there's, good, and there's a percentage of people who don't have autism that don't make it either, right? They don't succeed for various different reasons. And we're not getting into all those reasons. But for the vast majority of people who don't have autism, they're able to learn, they're able to adapt to increased complexity and increased dynamic right, elements, complex dynamic elements, to a certain point where they can have a certain quality of life, certain well-being. Not everybody, but most. So what right, stands out for people with autism is that they're unable to do that. Why? Also, is because from the very beginning of their development, they never moved into that pathway, which requires a guiding relationship. They never learn to deal with greater complexity and greater issues of dynamic functioning, which, you know, if you think about what we do in RDI, one of the things we do is we start with simple dynamic things. When you think about moving back and forth and then adding small variations, right? What are you doing? And, right? You shouldn't have to think about it after a while. It should become very much fun, pleasurable, right? Enjoyment where you each add a little variation, a little thing, right? And, right, you're learning to function in a simple, dynamic manner, right? You're learning to perceive that you can do that, that you can handle the ongoing continuity that's underneath the variation, right? And it should move into very much of an automatic. You know, you don't have to stop every second make judgments, decisions. You should be sort of built in. You learn that simple dynamic. That's one of the ways we start with RDI. And we desensitize people who have been afraid of that dynamic world, right? That's a way to desensitize, but also to train the brain, develop the brain, right, to be able to automatically do that. So now you're freed up to use the top level brain rather than being reacting to dynamic things by, you know, hiding, running away, avoiding, freezing, whatever. You engage. Right. We also start to learn to increase complexity, right? We add different ways of thinking. We add different perspectives. We try to say, well, try it from this way. We explore and experiment, right? Mentally adding new challenges little by little, increase complexity. And then we combine those 
complex dynamic things. We start to increase complexity, we increase the dynamic elements, we put them together, and we build a mind. That's how we build a mind and brain. That's how you're supposed to build a mind and brain. So by the time you get to adulthood, if you get to really young, that's what you've been doing for all those years, right? It's not a big deal. That's how you've been functioning in the world. So it's just a continuation, right? In the real world, quote unquote, you've been in the real world. You've been in the more complex dynamic function. Not that everything's easy, but right, it's been going on for a long time. But again, if you have autism, you didn't even start, right? You didn't even start at the beginning. You didn't even have the simple stuff worked out. Let alone, right, the complex stuff. And what everyone's done in the world is to want you to be first very simple, like ABA type simple thinking, right? And then when they get more sophisticated, complicated scripts and social stories and, right, and interview techniques and strategies and even conceptual things, right, academic things, right? Some very high level academic types of things, right? All complicated, complicated formulas, and you could build an atomic bomb in a complicated way. These days, not 1945, that was complex. They didn't know where they were going, what they were doing. But these days, it becomes more formulaic, very complex, complicated, but formulaic. You can do some amazing things, right? But you can't function on a day-to-day basis. You can't figure out if you've only got 50 bucks. And you've got 200 bucks worth of um, debt right now, bills to pay, which one, how much you pay for each one. See, it's not complicated. You can't just divide it up because some creditors aren't going to care if you give them, it's not sufficient. If you give them 10 bucks, they're still going to come after you. Others will be satisfied for a while, you know, whatever, whatever. It gets much more complex. Even simple things like that. And so, how do you adapt if you've never been adapting? See, learning is adapting. If you, if you learn through our, what we're doing in dynamic intelligence, you're adapting through challenge from the very beginning, right? We're continually growing, increased complexity, increased dynamic capacity, integration, agility, step by step by step by step by step, piece by piece by piece, year by year by year by year. So you get to the real world, it's just another thing. So I want you to make, I want to make that distinction. Is when you try to explain this to people, you see we're constantly adapting what we're trying to do. You have to understand, right? That adapting is not just adding another routine, or it's not just adding a more complicated thing to something to a script. The people with autism, the high functioning people, quote unquote high functioning people, don't have a lot of other, you know, intellectually impairing. Disorders, whatever, which are now about you know, 75% of diagnosed people, um, they can do that without therapies. And of course, it helps to have an expert teach some new techniques, like Stanley Kaplan. I mean, he helped me a lot doing the SAT, right? So it's not like they're not helpful, but they're no more helpful to them than they are to you or me. They don't change the nature of that person, they don't help you deal with the world. They help me deal with the SAT, right? If I didn't learn anything else, right? It was edited, but I learned that's great next time I take an SAT. Actually, it helped me for the GREs, not specifically, but the idea that I could go to somebody and get help and learn strategies. So I did that, or both that time it was a book. But 
And actually, I couldn't use the same methods on the GREs, the graduate going to use SATs. I would screw it up. I just learned sort of conceptually I should go and do something like that. I generalized, which is not as complicated stuff. Um, so, but all the interventions, right, whether they were children or adults, it, they have to do with giving you more additive things, complicated things, or teaching you to use what you've already got differently. They don't have anything to do with growth, complexity, or dynamic function. And that's why the data shows that each year that someone with high-functioning autism is out of school, their chances to get good employment get go down, not up. They go down. They don't adapt. They get, less. They get more frustrated. They get, and rather than learning from that experience, growing from those challenges and problems, they give up. They get demoralized. They say, well, there must be some kind of rules. There must be some kind of conditional thinking on my... And there isn't. It's a whole different way of operating. It's really important for everyone to understand that and to be able to explain that to people. Because again, we use these words like everyone understands them, right? Complex, complicated, right? How many people understand that distinction? Figure out is nobody. Actually, systems theorists do. I learned that distinction reading systems theory, which I don't advise you to read. It's horrible. But you know, because they start throwing all these formulas in there in the middle of confusion. But anyway, they understand the difference. They talk about complicated systems and complex systems, and there really is a distinction, right? Everybody gets confused when they're talking about complex dynamic versus complex. And again, I think it's because of human in our lives. It's, but some of it depends on how we perceive it. As I say, if you're in Vanuatu, it's dynamic. If you're in Houston, it's complex. And may or may not be dynamic, depending on how much you invest yourself in the ongoing process of it. Um, right? Racial relations before George Floyd was killed, for many people, was complex. People out in the streets now, it's complex and dynamic each day. And dramatically, just like that. And shift through perception. One of that changed the perception of a bunch of people, it became dynamic. Um, well, things have a happen, but it was always complex. So the complex things could stay complex or they could become complex and dynamic. Other things can just start out complex and dynamic and they just stay that way. But some of it is perception. There's some people who want to hold on to a simple view of the world and they want to distort things so that nothing is complex. Or that everything can be worked out with a flowchart or an analysis and nothing. And you see high-functioning autistic people, unfortunately, getting supported by professionals who don't know any better, who tell them they're going to figure out and be successful in the world, but they just learn enough complicated ways of operating. It's very sad. I mean, the professionals have no idea because they don't know the difference. Or they think that that's the best that the person can do, which it is because they've never started to operate, use the comp they've never developed their brain in a way that can manage complexity. doesn't mean they can't run it. Because your brain isn't isn't developed for complexity, you won't be able to do it, right? You can't just become. You see, if you've been spending years developing your brain to operate with either simple, static, or complicated stuff, and I face something that's complex, I can't just change my brain today. It, you need to rehabilitate. You need to remediate. You need to gradually work towards, right? Developing the neural functioning, right? The neural network relationships so that you can manage those things. It takes a while. That's not sure. You can't do it in nine weeks, ten weeks. It's years. 
Our, that's why we have a long-term remediation program. We have a program. It's not a short-term miracle. Obviously, if you're starting out with a, a, a two-year-old, it's a lot easier right? because they, you don't have to undo. The, the brain hasn't developed. It's, it's all of its network connections. You, you don't have to undo them. It still takes a long time. Anyway, um, I, I don't know if I've confused everyone or if I've helped you understand things, but I think it's really important to make these distinctions and to understand that the way we use these terms matters a great deal, right? And that we can't assume that people are going to understand what we're trying to do unless we explain that and how important it is to understand the distinctions there. Adaptation, complexity versus complicated, dynamic versus static. How critical it is to develop the mind and the brain to be able to function like that. And how it is possible for people with autism to do that if we give them the opportunity to learn that way. Just like anyone else. Thanks for joining us for ASD, A New Perspective, a podcast show where we help you understand the mind of your child. And we always encourage you that growth for your child is possible. I'm Kat Lee. See you next time.